Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Booyah, there it is. Okay, we're recording. We're live. We are crushing this thing, and I am stoked. You guys missed it. Podcast is half over. <laughs> Literally, the guest and I, we, we were chatting already about some great topics. Um, so, so much fun. It was all I could do to just move my finger and hit record. So we're going to get this thing started. But great conversations. I'm so looking forward to continuing them here. Uh, my guest, he is a thought leader to the stars, an actor, an entrepreneur, a speaker, a feature film and commercial producer, Enter the Dangerous Mind. He's also an author, Rise of the Entrepreneur. That will be interesting to talk about. CMO, the video bot, and CEO of the RIP Media Group, Maury Rogo. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Hi. Yeah, man. Dude, this is awesome. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you know, we were talking Tony Robbins and all sorts of cool events beforehand. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna to start this thing off strong. I'm going to step out of the way and put on protective hard hat and glasses. And I'm going to pass you this. Okay. Whoa, oh. Thor's hammer. Yeah, I know you work Thor. out there in Venice Beach. You grab that thing? Okay, nice. You got I got it? it. All right. I'm worthy. Man, you just one-handed grabbed Thor's hammer. Thing weighs like <laughs> one metric ton. Okay. Take Thor's hammer, smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. Awesome. We got the best product in the market. We don't have competition. Crash. That's crash. what I want to crush. And there's so many reasons, so many ways. So, you know, you have technology founders, you have technology marketers. I'm dealing with some right now. And the problem is the best product doesn't win. The best story wins. You have got to tell the best story about solving a problem more than your competition, more than the people that you don't even think, oh, we don't even have competition out there. Oh yeah, you do. You have competition in, in ancillary markets that are your partners Everybody is competing and everybody has about a thousand competitors out there, whether they're large or small, you just don't know it. So you got to address a need. You've got to solve a problem. And here's the big one. You got to put a stake in the ground. I love Thor's hammer. Like, like just yeah. boom, Thor's hammer that's in the ground, yeah. <laughs> stake in the ground, pow, and take a chance. You got to be a one or a 10. And what I mean is you got to go for your audience. You can't win the world over. You know, people forget, oh, Facebook, they have, you know, with 3 billion people. Okay. They started off at one college with boys, 18 to 21, right? That's how they won their first market. And then they expanded out to another, another, uh, let's include more people. It was the, right. The Facebook yeah. and the whole thing. And it kept growing and growing because they went for one market and they right. won it and they didn't care about anything else at that time. Right. It was like EDU addresses, right? You Like when I, when it first came out, I couldn't even get in it because I had to find my old .edu address. I'm like, oh, because they would only let you sign up if your email address ended in .edu, like you were actively a college student. Exactly right. And what yeah. was that one that they crushed? Friendster. They crushed Friendster, right? Friendster. And then, of course, they crushed MySpace and then everybody else. But yeah. we were all on Friendster and everybody was like, wait, what is this thing? Like, oh, I can't get on it. They created exclusivity. Yeah. Right. They didn't care about you yet. Maybe you could get in if you could find that old email address, but they made it tough to get in. And so this is a great point. So uh, with that EDU address, I was saying be a one or a 10. So get this audience to love you. Put your marketing out there, own your audience, get them to absolutely love you, talk about you, share what you're doing or be a 10 and they hate you. 
And they're still going to talk about you and they're going to talk about you and they're going to hate the ones and the ones are going to come back and forth. And guess what just happened? You just created a virtual loop of marketing, right? And you can see in politics over the last four years that that happened. You can see in many products out there, when you take a stake and you put it in the ground, this is us and this is what we stand for. You can win millions and millions of people, millions and millions of customers. So be a one or a 10. Don't be middle of the ground, milk toast. Oh, we're the best product. We don't have competition. So we're just going to tell a basic story. Not true at all. Right. So there's three things there. Like you, you can't win everybody. Number one, you got to pick your audience. The best product doesn't win. The best story wins. And you got to put a stake in that ground and say, this is what I stand for. These are the people that I have passion for. And it's yeah. not the passion in your product. It's the passion for solving the customer's problem with your product. That's a huge difference. You got to start talking about them, not you. And then they'll come around to you. The passion for solving, man. This is this is one of the strongest. Uh, my hand is going crazy over here <laughs> trying to write notes. Um, myths being smashed. This has got to go in the the top ten, if not number one, in terms of the myth smashing. There's so many things to to pick apart here. So I'm just gonna go with milk toast. Tell me <laughs> what the hell is milk toast? I think milk I, toast. Yeah. What is no, it? Which, Milk toast, milk toast. I don't know the origin of it, but milk toast to me means bland. Doesn't mean it. You want milk and toast all the time, every day. You're like, no, I want my steak. I want my lobster. I want something good. I want to, you know. So milk toast is just this bland message. Oh, la da da. Here's what we do. Here's our explainer video. We kind of do this stuff. Aren't we cool? Look at our neat stuff. Nobody cares. Nobody has time for that. Right. You got to put a stake in the ground. Like you have a problem. Right. And so and, and here's, it comes down to how, here's how you don't be milk toast. Yeah. Here's how you got to have some guts and don't be milk toast. You know, we're creating commercials all the time. Right. So we're creating branding and commercials. And videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. And I've boiled this down over years of, of, of doing this, you know, I mean, we created a, you know, 1200 commercials and brand launches and things like that. And I started, when I got out here, I started looking at here to Hollywood, like what makes a great scene? What makes a great movie? What makes a great commercial? And I started boiling it down to a few things and those are emotions. There's basically five strong emotions. Oh, we don't wanna use emotions to sell. We're a B2B software. It doesn't matter. Mm. In fact, even better, because everybody else is selling over oh, accounting software. So we do these numbers better, whatever. You are going to be the one that makes their life better. They'll be better, stronger, faster, able to go home and play soccer with their daughter, go to the big game. Like that's what we really want. Yeah. Get people what we really want. Don't be milk toast. Take a, a stake in the ground. And so the emotions that you use to not be milk toast, can you do something that's sexy or sizzles? I call it the stuff backing up. It's the stuff. The stuff. So it's an acronym, the stuff. So Anything that you do, is there any way you can be, you know, sexy or have style or do something that sizzles, right? Oh my gosh, we're accounting software. We can't do that. Oh yeah, you can. You can show people experiencing something that you've afforded them to be able to do. They have more time. So now they can go on that vacation. They have more time. They can play with their daughter. They have more time. They can get into great shape. Whatever it is, know your audience. So sexy sizzles. Um, can, can I stop right there? I'd yeah, love to yeah, like, yeah. can you, can you create a little commercial in all of our heads right now as we're listening to this for accounting software? <laughs> like what, what would you, what, how would you bring sexy back? How do you bring sexy back to accounting software? And I know you all haven't right. researched the audience and all that, but like, yeah, 
Sure. All right. So accounting software, again, we're, we're riffing here. So yeah, um, I follow like when I'm, when I'm a spot like this, I need to do something quick. I go to my Epic structure. Epic is, is easy. It's in, it's the four steps to a commercial. You E engage and show empathy. P what's the problem they're experiencing. I what's the impact and the integrity that you're going to bring to the solution and see what's the change in their life. What's the call to action. All right. So follow that. Um, <clears throat> 35 year old woman going to work, um, bored, crazed out of her mind. She has stacks of paper waiting for her. She, you can do this in five seconds, walks in with a, just a sad look on her face, like just beaten up. Like the, the walls are gray, everything is gray. She's gray. And you see these stacks of paper, you know, uh, you know, emails stacking up all this kind of stuff. And she's just droning on, boom. That's the problem. And that's, we have empathy. We've all kind of felt like that. Yeah. The problem is she's got to do all this by five o'clock or the company's going to go, right? You're going to miss their quarterly numbers and right. they can't report whatever it is. So we create a big problem and then boom, light shines, you know, God light clouds open. Maybe <laughs> she turns again. I'm making this up. From grayscale she, to, to full color. Yeah, yeah. She's in full color. Maybe, you know, things around her are still gray, but she's in full color. Yeah. She's in full color. And then she's just like, maybe she grows six arms. <laughs> and she's typing. But then we see like the calm that was kind of in her mind. What it was is just this cool new accounting software that just started logging things and accounting, organizing things. And it took all the different invoices and it flowed through. So she has like six numbers to check. Click, 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 click. Ah, off. Now she's off. Now she's having lunch with her friends. Then wow. she's playing with her daughter and her son and she drives off. Boom. XYZ software gave her her life back. That, that, <laughs> he threw me on this. Gave spot. you your life back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so financial fig leaf dot com you know like nice. giving you your life back one soccer practice at a time you know bah! i like Ooh. that man no i look that epic epic structure makes sense too and and none of that was like look how cool we are look at all our cool features look at how we're in the cloud look you know right <laughs> exactly like features later how it impacts you now that's exactly it. This is, yeah. Especially top of funnel. So, and again, I guess I left out the the call to action, which would be, you know, click here to, to get your free version or whatever, to change yeah. your life now, you know, try this, get a demo, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that's top of funnel. It's awareness. It's, we understand you and your problem and we're here for you. Then in those second and third steps, because somebody's like, okay, great. I'm going to buy this for my 50 employees today. Mm -hmm. It's a decision-making process. Right. So the next one's yes. Then you can do some deeper dives. You still want to go with that theme, right? You know, change your life now, change your life through, you know, whatever it is, invoicing or, you know, through accounts payable. And then you can do some of those feature videos. Of course you got to do those. That way you don't have your salespeople and your marketing team sitting there on calls for, you know, at 50, $100 an hour doing demos all day. Your videos are doing that work for you. Yeah. So you grabbed them with the video. The videos are walking them through the deeper dives in the product. And then the videos bring them all the way to, you know what? They have some open questions. Perfect. That's right. when we get somebody on the phone to start to close the deal, to start to build a real, you know, relationship because they already know, like, and trust you. So now let's bring them to that next step, which is engage. You know, this is kind of a cool breakthrough for me thinking about this concept is that we can, 
we can in the B2B world still borrow. We can still have the sexy, the style, the sizzle, make it epic, have that theme, and then now back it up with the logic because you know you got to convince the boss. You know you got to make sure the features are all so still have that, but have its place in time. And then I love that it, it, they're all passing the torch, like the Olympics torches going around the world and. You, you had the sexy at the beginning with the kickoff, but now you're going to have particular things so that everyone's got their check mark checked. And, but yeah, but it's that same theme. We're giving everyone their life back. CEO, yeah. you don't have to worry about checking on this stuff. Accounting person, you get out, you go to go to soccer practice. And it's, and that makes it more cohesive. So we're not just like randomly throwing out tactics at people. Right. Cool. Right. right. Like exactly. That. Yeah. You have an, you have your overall, you know, your overall voice, right? I mean, you have your overall voice and your overall, you know, problems that you solve and then everything feeds off of that. And I, I call, okay, we're kind of getting into this and which is, I call this the core technique, which is create once repurpose everywhere. I have a ton of acronyms. It helps me remember things because my creative brain is, is all over the place. Man, you got acronyms. Like, yeah. I got, I, I, I got acronyms. Of acronyms. <laughs> I really do. Cause then I'm just like, plug that one in because otherwise I'll be going on for, you know, an hour. So, so create the big pieces of content. And then this comes from that really great story. Can I, can I tell this quick, uh, quick Dude, example? Story time with Maury. Let's do this, man. <laughs> All right. Wait, can I grab some so, popcorn and a little soda pop? <laughs> absolutely. Get that popcorn bowl. Um, and before the first one pops, I'm going to be done though. This is quick. The, the professor comes into the, into the classroom, then he's got his jar and he's got some, some things on the side. All right. I'm going to put the rocks in here. Here's this pours, pours all the rocks inside the jar holds it up. Is this full? Everybody said, yeah, yeah, that's full. Huh? It's full, huh? I'm going to pour some pebbles in now. Oh, fills up all those little cracks and nilks, nilks and crannies and stuff like that. Is yeah. it full now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's full. Okay. Now I got some sand fills in even more. Oh, okay. Now it's full. Then he pours in some water. Now it's actually full. And the right. problem is people usually start off with the water and the sand. I got this thing to do. I got to market this. I got to do a little uh, account-based marketing. I got to go over here for this again. I got to create a commercial here. I got to blah, blah, You can't. You got to start off with those rocks, the big pillars. And I do, you know, we do videos. So these are expensive things. You know, not, I mean, it's not like an $80 blog. It's, you know, it could be whatever, a few thousand could be 80,000, you know, but videos, you know, they're the big pieces. And then you start to you know, rock, pebble, sand, water, okay. those. Yeah. So you take the big piece, the commercial, take a 30 second, a 15 and a six second. We do those cut downs, big piece of content. Now you get five pieces of content. Then I can actually introduce different products. So then I can double that. Now I got eight pieces of content from one main video Then I can write a blog on it. Then there are multiple blogs on it, multiple blogs on different pieces, right? Of the epic structure. There's you, there's the audience. We can talk right to you with this blog and show that part of the video. Then there's the problem we can talk, right? You know, so you have this yeah. one thing becomes about 20 pieces of content that will live on for months. And it's still your stories, your core story. So we love doing that. And that's kind of the- yeah, It's evergreen came, too, right? So a lot of it doesn't even expire. It's, it's a question they're asking now and they're going to be asking later. And if you can answer it now, you've got, you've got that question answered and you can move you, forward. You got a library. You got an, like an asset library for your salespeople, yeah. your marketing people, people, and in your blogs. Oh, I mean, we just wrote on that, or we just put this together. And um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I got this again. I came out here. I was in marketing and sales for tech companies, and when I came to Hollywood, I I realized pretty quickly my you know corporate storytelling corporate storytelling was good, but it wasn't like this. 
So I started looking at like the big, the biggest and the best. I, yeah. I thought Disney does this amazingly well. Like Disney is the just rock solid. You can see people trying to copy them or emulate them. What do they have? Well, they have a, a children's story that becomes a movie. The movie becomes a TV show, becomes billions of dollars in toys and, and action figures and shirts and this and that. And then it's, and then it becomes a theme ride. So the whole thing, every product is a loop. It's a full loop. It's a full marketing loop. I went over here, I saw the frozen ride. Now we're going to go home and I'm going to show, you know, frozen on you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like everything bounces off each other. It's, it's frankly brilliant. And it doesn't mean that just because you have accounting software or you're selling hats, you know, you can do the same thing. You can just kind of learn from them how to monetize marketing. So. Love this. Love this. And I'm, I love that we have this connection to Hollywood and storytelling because story is just so powerful. You know, you were talking, I want to take you back. Cause I, I know I distracted you with uh, uh, many different questions, having you run out a whole ad scenario, but the idea of you talk about emotions, you talk about the stuff, are there any other things in that list that, that make good story that, that make great content to help us avoid being milk toast? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So um, again, I, you know, I talked about being a one or a 10, like, you know, take a stand yeah. against something, you know, I mean, you can, people, people would rather avoid, you know, pain than they will go to pleasure. So it's almost like attack the problem and, you know, maybe attack the enemy, the competition, whatever is strong as you can. So I have those, you know, this stuff. I also have, there's a lot, you know, that goes into this because you don't tell, you typically don't tell a story that's what I call on the nose, Right. You don't tell the uh, story about accounting necessarily about the accounting software. That's too boring. You show the life and the experience, but you always want to create, um, you know, you want to create a metaphor. You want to create something that's an analogy, right? Something that people can relate to. So I started looking at this and then I came up with 10 rules of great story. And I, I put all this stuff like in an infographic that I can email you or something. If you, yeah, you we can yeah. link to it as well, but like, yeah, do you want to, sure. you want to share the 10? That sounds awesome. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, and we're talking about them every day when we're going through customer scenarios. So first rule, first rule of great story. And I, we put a real fun blog together. It's the 10 commandments of great story. Hell yeah. So, yeah, so they, we, uh, Whatever they, I'm Moses and I'm pointing. With you have like big tablets in your hands, <laughs> with the beard, and I was like, you know what, I'm okay with this because it's Charlton Heston, the right. actor, mocking up. It wasn't so anyway. So yeah, I've got the tablets and the whole thing. So first rule, first commandment is know thy audience. <laughs> know your audience. You've got to know who you're talking to. If you're talking to the world, you will lose. You talk to a specific audience and win them over. They will start to talk. They will start to you know, branch out. The other people are going to contact you. I love what you're doing for them. Can you do that for us? Don't be afraid of going niche. Know your audience. Love fixing their problem. And then you can kind of build from there. Second thing is you got to disrupt. You can't be scared. This is the one or the 10 again. You got to put that stake in the ground and you got to do something, especially now with the YouTube and Instagram TV and scroll. <laughs> Within four seconds, you better do something really eye-catching, really catching. So disrupt their day, interrupt the pattern of thinking. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Whoa, what's that? That's what you yeah. need. That's okay. what you so that's what disrupt's all about. Again, in a, in a, in a nutshell here. Um, we always talk about sell the hole, not the drill. Which wait, wait, what? You gotta, you gotta give me numbers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
No, oh, I'm a... sorry. Okay. First, know your audience. Yes, I got that one. Second, second disrupt. Wait, maybe now I'm Moses and you're God and you're telling you're conveying these to me. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> the third rule. Wait, is... wait, sir, what was number two? <laughs> I'm sorry. Disrupt. Okay, right. That was disrupt. Okay, cool. Yeah. So one is what, what Moses did, you know, he's like, uh, I know. Could you repeat that? It's it, it's really slow chiseling in stone over here. Yeah, that's right. You know? Didn't have pens and papyrus and stuff. Okay, disrupt. <laughs> I got it. I forgot my papyrus roll. Right. Um, <laughs> you forgot it again. <laughs> my <Use> tablet. Stone. <laughs> you have a tablet. Oh, that's the tablet from 2020. I mean, that's a stone yeah. tablet. And do you think he was taking so long chiseling? I was like, okay, move out of the way. I'm going to do this with lightning. Move out of the way. <laughs> You know, it's like watching your kids do homework, but okay. So right. <laughs> like, out of the way, out of the way. Let me do this. 14 um, plus eight. I got this. I got this. Move out of the way. I got this. <laughs> okay. Um, sir, watch is three. Three is sell the hole, not the drill. So sell the solution, right? I mean, it's the old story, but you know, you said it earlier. You're like, don't talk features, talk benefits. That's really the same thing. But, you know, just, I, again, I think very visually. So it's, you know, uh, you, you know, if you're in Home Depot, you don't hear about like, oh, I got this many bits and this much power and this much torque. I don't know what the hell that means. I just need to, dr yeah. I need to drill a hole in my door to put a doorknob on there. Right. Do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll do this. And here's the doorknob that goes in. Cool. I'm doing this myself. Sweet. That's what I need. Okay. So focus on the experience. So I'm not trying to trump up my own, you know, commercial that I <laughs> off the cuff, you know, the woman going from the gray world to the color world kind of thing. Uh, from well, the someone was listening in accounting software and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't, I, if they want to create that commercial, they should probably reach out to you to have you make it happen. Rip Media Group. So, <laughs> so focus on the experience. What are people experiencing? What's the change? What are they going through? You know, GoPro, you know, again, for its first 10 years exploded in growth because they were, you know, you will be an awesome surfer. You will be an awesome biker. You'll be an awesome skier, snowboarder. They threw the, the GoPros on these helmets of all these, you know, like extreme sports folks. Yeah. It were amazing videos, right? So yeah. before a lot of other, you know, uh, you know, uh, cameras, phones, everything could do that. They were out there doing that, but it wasn't like everybody else selling, oh, we're three inches by two inches and we have a shutter speed of that. No, no, you're awesome. If you can, if you right. can do this, right. this guy's awesome. You can be awesome too. He's on a surfboard with the camera. Isn't this cool? I've never seen a shot like that. Right. So You're self, awesome. Don't worry. It's waterproof. Just do you. Don't do worry you. about speed and all that nerdy stuff. Just do it. Exactly. exactly. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So that was number uh, four. All right. I'm okay, going good. slow. All right. So five is raise the stakes. So it has to do with what we talked about at the beginning, but in, in a little bit of a different way. So if you're talking about, if your salespeople are talking about, or your marketing people or your marketing messages, like this is a nice to have you ain't getting purchased. People aren't going to buy a nice to have, you know what I mean? They're going to buy something that solves a big problem. So you got to really dig into that problem. You got to know your audience. You got to sell the experience, right? You got to sell yeah. the drill. You got to raise the stakes. This has to be, you know, follow, you look at movies, no movie after 17 minutes. I'm going to say this again. No movie after 17 minutes has no big, huge problem. Meaning every movie, 
can you, if you throw a movie at me, I mean, I'll tell you, because this gets us interested. Avatar guy is paralyzed. paralyzed. He's going to all of a sudden, you know, take it. Yeah. So, you know, Michael Corleone and the Godfather way back, he's about to take over the family business, you know, which is pretty brutal business, but we like this guy. He's a good guy. He's going to go through a huge change. Um, three men and a baby. I mean, I'm going old movies. Everything. Like, yeah. Every movie within by page 17, it's about a page a minute by page 17, huge life-changing event, having a baby, not having a baby, getting divorced, saw, saw husband cheating. So, you know, whatever it is, big change coming. You got to do the same thing in your marketing, big, big stakes here, you know, high stakes here. Six. Right. All right. Unlike my last answer, I'm going to do this one quick. This is keep it short and shareable kiss. Not short and simple, but you know, simple is good, but shareable. Got to make it so that you can, people can share this, comment on it, um, you know, move it around social media, that kind of thing. Keep That's a good point. That's a better version of Kiss, actually. Short Thanks. and simple. Uh, simple, yeah, of course, but like shareable makes it simple and something that has value. Yeah, exactly. It's worth sharing. Yeah. Dude, the ad value, what you just said, is in all of these. I brought. I might need to do a rule eleven, but uh, add value is always, always a part of this. So, okay. um, so again, but just on the story itself, like a scene or a commercial, maintain the mystery. This is the other problem with a lot of companies. They'll give all everything they got in one video. Most people are never going to get through a three or five minute video, right? They're gonna they're gonna cut out by second four, second roughly seventeen second 55, you know, that kind of thing, unless they're really engaged deep in the funnel, they're not going to go that long. So you got to tease them to take the next step, maintain some mystery, throw what the kind of mystery. Out. Would you, the accounting folks from earlier, how do you, how do you make, what does that mystery look like? How do you, how do you do that? Well, the, so well, the, uh, let me go with like, what you don't do is start digging into all the features and here's how it works. And here's this and this and this. You want to tease them for the next video or the next step in the sales cycle. So the mystery would be, how do we do this? How how is this so life changing? How is she able to to go home and play with the kids in that in that story? I think she was going home to go play soccer, you know, with the kids. I think and leave work early. And the CEO, so they all have their own stories now. I think yeah. I mentioned CEO now can you know, he can tabulate this without 15 people. He can see a number and he knows where he's at. So he's got his first, so each one of those people, we want to learn, hopefully we want to learn a little bit more about each one. Right. So then you're like, and what happens next? Or how do you do this? Let's dive mm -hmm. in. And then the next piece of the marketing funnel picks that up. So we I don't like that. Involved. Yeah, I, I, see, I, I could see if you try to smush all that into one tweet, one headline, one video, 30 second video, it just garbage not only are you trying to talk to everyone but you're trying to like how, how does the accounting software work next video right like it's, right. it's like this works and you have your life back and you're probably wondering how well the next video is like how does this actually work and then is it ceo hat how does this work for the ceo and like it, you can segment it out and speak to individual people but not giving away the farm right off the bat that's interesting i, I think that's something that i don't think we think about a lot I think we try to give everyone everything in every blog post and every sales conversation. Just try to, let's talk about everything. Let's just yeah. resolve. It's almost like trying to resolve the conflict. Now, so you know, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I love what you just said. So I'm going to jump ahead to rule number 10. Yeah. Conflict is interesting. So the rule number 10, sorry, I jumped, but you just said it. Oh, yeah. That conflict is interesting. And as humans, we hate having something unresolved. 
it sort of is a needle in our side. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that loose thread. It's that like, I just, just, you know, tell me, but you got to do it. You got to leave something. If you're, you're in sales, you can't do everything for the customer. You need them to engage too. Can you fill out this creative brief? Can you just give me these three points and I'll do some more for you, but can you do this? Like now you're engaged in building a partnership, but if you do everything for everybody, and you tell them everything all up front, you know, kind of show up and throw up, you know, death by PowerPoint, all that stuff. That's what we're avoiding with maintain some mystery, leave some breadcrumbs, leave a trail for the next step. Because if you do, the conflict is interesting. I'm a little conflicted. What do I do now? I'm going to come back to the expert. Well, who's the expert? The dude, the, you know, the, the company that's given me, they know my audience, they disrupted my day. They're selling me an experience. They're these are the folks that know what they're doing and look at all this content they have that's answering my questions. Mm. So that's why we kind of keep that, you know, maintain the mystery. Um, I'll jump to eight. So well, real quick though, I, I bet, I mean, especially your tie into film and video and commercials and story, you know, Hollywood, just the, I, you know, not only do we know there's a problem by minute 17, but it doesn't get solved to your point. doesn't get solved minute 18. Right. Right. Cause then it's like, cool, great movie, bro. <laughs> like I'm on to the next one. You're like, God, what is going to happen? And especially with like the, the Netflix series or whatnot, where, you know, game of Thrones, you know, you know, it's a travesty what happened the last season, but other than that, they agree. Kept us wondering what was going to happen. And you didn't really know. And then eventually they passed the books and you're just like, gosh, what's going to happen. And there's people on YouTube speculating what was going to happen. It was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, until they just sort of like, okay, no more mystery, all done. And then it's almost like a magician telling their secret. Maybe you're not as interested anymore. Good for you. What a great, I love that. That I might actually change a visual to show that. Man. Cool. Well, we're even there because I'm for sure going to use create once, repurpose forever. Okay, great. Um, credit me, please. Wait, wait, repurpose uh, what? Every, everywhere? everywhere? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So eight, you were saying. Oh, eight. Okay. So, uh, oh, this is a great one. So this is, this is one that most companies are really uncomfortable with. Mm. They never want to go this route, but everybody loves an underdog. Everybody loves the underdog. We all feel that we're an underdog in some way. I'm too short. I'm overweight. I'm this. I didn't have this. I didn't, wasn't born with a golden spoon. I wasn't given 15 million in, in, in funding. I didn't, you know, whatever it is, we all feel that. And it's normal. It's part of being human, with, especially in society today with everything that's being thrown at us. Everybody loves an underdog. So there's big advantages in being the underdog, right? And you can see this is really kind of cool is uh, some of the campaigns for the big, like the Pepsi, Coca-Cola, the huge insurance companies, they started to make themselves look more like the underdog. Mm. And I was like, they did it. They adopted, I've been using these for like, you know, seven or eight years. And they started to say, no, no, oh, we're falling behind, but we care about you. We're not the king. We're the, you're the king. You got 80 billion in revenue. We're still trying where, you know, they're going for the underdog route, but the small companies are afraid to say, hey, we're the underdog and we're taking on the big one because they want to look bigger and trustworthy and that you can work with us. And sure, we're going to stand the test of time. So you need to build that trust. I understand that, but it's great. Everybody roots for, you know, David versus Goliath, you know, Harry Potter versus uh, Voldemort, you know. Um, Bro, Rock you can't Bell mention the name. Creed. It's the name that must not be mentioned. We're going to have to bleep <laughs> that out. Named. <laughs> you get to delete that. Yeah, bleep. <laughs> Vol to beep. 
I don't want him showing up at either one of our houses. <laughs> that would be creepy. <laughs> this podcast plays in Hogwarts. No, uh, oh my gosh, he shows up at every listener's house too. Because the name just got mentioned. It's like when you say, hey Siri, play music. It's somebody who had this on, you know. Gotcha. Starts playing. Siri's listening. I don't have that song. All of our devices. I, I, I had a, a I guest on here, um, KJ, and she had like Amazon something so i was like hey oh, alexa hey alexa play music and it started she's like no cancel stop <laughs> um but no this is a really interesting i wanted to dive into this the idea of the underdog i've totally seen that you said the big one looks small the small one looked big i've seen this with graphics where big companies are kind of like reducing the pixel quality to make their graphics look a little more homemade meanwhile the little guys are trying to make make these like impressive feature films to make themselves look how do you resolve that do you do you just slap the little guy around say, no you're in a cool position utilize that don't try to be something different but where is there a balance there how, what, what's your take I th- so I, i've got a couple takes on it so one is there's there's the story and then i'd say there's the visuals i mean there's a lot of there's you know okay. there's the story and then literally script and then visuals and that kind of thing if you're small and you're going after small businesses or individuals right if you're selling you know, some, you know, like a, some consumer thing, right? Some, you know, a consumable, uh, you know, a cup of coffee or local restaurant or whatever, you know, you're, you're small and you're going after smaller. You're the, are the local restaurant right now with everything that's right. going on. When absolutely being, you know, quote authentic, you know, is going to be better. Like, Hey, we're here, we're, we're working. We, we'd love to see 50% of you, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely fine. You don't have a lot of budget or you actually do, but you want to make it look a little more quote authentic and seem like you're really, you know, in touch the local folks. I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense. And we encourage clients to go that route because your audience responds well to that. Now, the other side is let's say you're small and you're going after, you know, Oracle, Cisco, Amazon, yeah. you know, you're going out, you're selling to those folks can go. I really don't think that you can go with this low budget, you know, kind of homegrown, you know, story in most cases. Like if you're telling a, an enterprise software to these massive multi-billion dollar companies, you have to look the part. So, you know what I mean? So you do have to, again, it's know your audience is more than, um, you know, be the underdog, I would say. But you can also say, you know, you started off, you've been scrapping. You know, the founder story is really, really powerful. So, you know, you started off, you're scrapping, you took your lumps, you lost, but then you figured it out. Now you have this AI software and now the software is doing this and we did this and this and this, and we would love to work with you. And then, you know, but it's bigger, you know, it's a bigger, it's a bigger look, it's a bigger budget, that kind of thing. You're still the underdog, right? You didn't say we've got 50 billion in revenue that we, you know, throw around. You're, you're saying that you're the underdog and you took your lumps, just like a, just like a three act structure, the epic, the storyline goes, you know, big life change happened. You took your lumps and then you're succeeding and you want to succeed with them. You want to help them succeed. You want to be their partner in success. Like That's that. the way you do it. Make it, you know, go yeah. bigger budget, but tell the story of the underdog and that you're there to, to survive and thrive. Right. And, and I, I think part of that ties into, when I think of like an underdog versus a big competitor, you know, it was even asked the question about this recently um, for one company. It was like, show me a list of, you know, other customers you've had. And the underdog has a small list. Right. The, the established 
Goliath has like 30 pages of customers. And so rather than ignoring that and trying to pretend like we are the number one, but clearly you're not, you have four on your list to their right. 40 calling out the lumps that you've taken, the fact that, you know, but you fit you, through that, you figured something out and it's actually better to be with a group that only has four than it is to have be with a group of 40 where you're going to be a number. You're not, you know, you're not going to get the best. That's it. So like, expanding on that, if you have four and you're tiny, what's the customer get? Amazing service. You yeah. call me the founder, you call my head of technology. We can build this product geared for you. You know, we are all, you know, right. all we care about is you and your success. We're at that phase. We're not, you're going to get the kid that just graduated school, went through a month of training is going to go handle your account. Yeah. That was the, that's, that's what you get over there here. You're talking to me, the expert that's done this for 30 years or whatever it might be, but we are here to serve you. So that's the, that's the great opposite, right? So that's the yeah. underdog. I care about you and I mean it. Here's my phone number. <laughs> Call me anytime or whatever it might be to help out. So powerful. Uh, powerful. Yeah. You know, there's one left. Do we create the conflict and just not tell people what that one is? <laughs> well, you don't want to go for number nine? <laughs> we should probably tell people what number nine is. Like, uh, if you maybe. want number nine, Oh, yeah. email me <laughs> yeah. come to this link yeah. yeah so put in your credit card <laughs> exactly because number nine's the biggest i saved it best for life. yeah the best one <laughs> it's too good to be 10 we made it nine <laughs> and, it, and it relates to all of them really and so uh it's keep it relatable keep it relatable you know so again still has to do with the audience still has to do with all these that's why it's kind of near the end you got to make sure that you're relating to your audience. You don't want to seem, you know, we talked about like that underdog one, for example, you yeah. know, if you seem so high and mighty and so you have, you know, you only work with clients that have a billion dollars in revenue and never you turned everybody else off, yeah. you know, you're like, you're one of us, you know, then I can really understand where you're coming from. I understand your pain. I've been there. So you got to be relatable. And I think it really, you know, it, it, it goes along with the underdog, but not necessarily. And again, you don't have to use every one of these in every story, but you got to let them influence you. Sure. So being relatable. So, and this sometimes goes with, you know, real sort of moonshot concepts that we'll throw out there to, to our customers. When we, when we come and kind of propose something like, Hey, let's do a commercial like this. We'll usually do three or five, you know, three, four or five different versions. Like here's a really way far out there just to be totally fun off the wall. We call yeah. that the moonshot, right? And then there's one that's really, and again, we just do it by the stuff. Like this is a, this is a funny one. Here's one that, you know, elicits fear, here's, you know, that kind of thing. But they're all going to be, you know, relatable. People can relate to this in one way or another, not just like, you know, so far out there, AI technology that people are like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Turn off. Right. It kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if it was Ellen or something like he, here's a tour of my mansion, you know, Oh, um, my bathroom is so small. It's like as big as some people's apartments, you know, I don't, I don't remember the full story, but I just remember there was like people being like, this is not relatable at all. <laughs> like, right. But she, that's so, that's great that you brought that. I remember hearing it was her, it was her last stand up, probably like middle last year. And she did, she's like, and then I have, uh, she, she had like 17 servants, right? You know, Pedro, no, I wanted a, a quarter cup. Please throw that away and give me the quarter cup of coffee passing by, still walking, just passing the bathroom, you know? And so right. I think she was, but the way she did it, I feel like she made herself relatable by being so unrelatable. 
we don't have those, <laughs> you know, 17 right. bathrooms, a hundred yard long, you know, living room or whatever she really has. But she, by making fun of herself, by kind of goosing it up, I actually thought she did a, a great job with that. Interesting. Cause I, I could have swore yeah. the feedback was like, it wasn't, but I guess it just depends on who the audience is too, you know, and who she was, who she was going for. But some people were like, no, actually we can't relate to that at all, but it's, it's <laughs> funny. It's like, but in the back of our minds, we're like, hmm. <laughs> well, was, so if, if it was the same one, if it was the same thing, right. we're talking about, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought she did by, I, again, I kind of thought she was sort of making fun of herself because she went beyond, like she doesn't have 17 servants and she doesn't have a hundred yard long thing. At least maybe she yeah. doesn't. <laughs> I, I thought she didn't. So, um, and I guess there's a, I probably, again, it's a little bit of the relatable is, you know, my wife ran into her at the hospital here and she's very nice. And, you know, like I hear those. Okay, things okay. So, so she is nice. Cause wasn't there a thing about her being like a jerk? Yeah. That whole, that came out and I was like, that's so surprising that, you know, you never know what happens at work, but True. <laughs> what, what seemed to, what seemed to come out is, you know, look after here's my take. And again, yeah. I have no idea. But, but you um, live you know, in LA, I, so whatever you say, we're gonna consider it final. Right? She's she's within two final. miles of me right now, so I must be telling the truth. Right, right. She's uh, in the same room. <laughs> exactly, Ellen. I'm gonna. I'm about to. I'm about to give her the give them the script that you gave me. She is the nicest, kindest person. Right, she's holding a taser to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. so yeah. So, so I, she she good I, experience I, meeting her yeah. in the grocery store. Oh or? yeah, very very good experience. And um and I and again, this is kind of a funny thing. Like twenty some years ago. I went to a comedy club and she was there and she was super, super nice, you know, maybe even longer ago than that. Like the, one of the first comedy shows I ever went to. Um, and she was there and she was just super cool and nice and kind of stayed around afterwards and chatted. And I was like, oh, this, whoever this lady is, you know, and then she just became bigger and bigger. Wow. What I was going to say is, I think what could have happened is, you know, even, especially even people that are listening that start their marketing or start their marketing department or start their agency or their company. And, you know, you know, everybody for the first, you know, few years. And then if you keep growing and growing, you start to get these buffers, right? Then in Hollywood and with a TV show, you have your showrunner, your producer, you know, that kind of thing. And then with her, obviously an assistant. So then she has this layer between her and then whatever anybody else has. And then one of these people or all these people has sort of become the boss. And then their culture, their attitude becomes what permeates. And I kind of looked at it as, I'm sure when she started the show, cause she came, she wasn't even working and then kind of got the show and then came out. I'm sure she was really involved. And then after, you know, 15 or 20 years of doing it, you're like, I'm going to drive in. I'm going to be as great as I can. I'm going to drive home and, you know, and whatever, yeah. you know, come into this thing. And like, those people are running the deal. And so what I read was those people were absolute jerks. Yeah. Sometimes you, you can't tell, you can't tell because you're not reporting to them. Yeah. So you don't even know. Yeah. So she, and she's, she's just getting their reports. And again, I believed it because, oh, five years ago, I had a, uh, I had a uh, kind of accounting, I mean, kind of assistant, but like heavy assistant, who I found out had, uh, oh, had taken a lot of money oh, <laughs> and geez. a computer and uh, like all these, I'm like, what, but this doesn't, after they left, so I'm like, wait a minute, where are my taxes? Why are the, you know, and then somebody, I get, whole big story came out, but my gosh, she's been stealing. And like, I've been paying for all these things. Like there's Uber on here. There's this, there's thousands of this. I'm like, where did all this go? Cause I just trusted she had it all set. 
Yeah. And I, and I, and I believed in her and, and a lot of things came out. That was a very tough year after that, when I found out what was going on, you know, that I had to kind of reconcile because it doesn't matter that she did it. It looked like I did it. Yeah. Oh, it looked like you. you. Oh, geez. Well, she was taking my money. <laughs> she was right. taking my money, but, but there was also like, you know, certain people weren't able to get into, to meet with me and like, you know, oh, no, I'll, I'll handle this meeting. I'm like, Oh, okay, great. And then, I was like, that was a friend of mine. <laughs> I know them. I wanted to be in that meeting. What is going on here? So I, I gave up too much, you know, sort of management or control or whatever. It's Oversight, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, she's doing a great job. And then meanwhile, I found out all that stuff that was really going on. And Jeez. that's, that's why I was like, all right, maybe that's what happened with Ellen. I don't know why we well, just. I mean, that happened with, with um, Dane Cook. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know that story. Here's the story. It's his brother. He was like, he had his brother be his his accountant manager or whatnot. He apparently stole millions from him. Ugh. And when eventually someone was like, hey, let's check something out. He had like nothing, nothing oh, left. Really? So all those millions from selling out arenas and everything, the guy spent yeah. all of that. He had barely anything left. And it's his bro. His bro's in jail now. It's like, wow. You know, I did not know that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. No. yeah. That's so, so it sounds like Ellen's good. Ellen, you're good. We heard it here. Hardcore marketing. You know, you just you had some bad apples, some bad uh, instigators. That's we'll, uh, we'll, we'll what I thought. That's what I thought. So let me finish the 10 rules of the story. I had a couple that aren't strong enough to be the, the rules, but are wait, wait, wait. Strong. Are there some commandments yeah. that just could, couldn't fit the tablet? What are these? <laughs> and let there be an iPad tablet. Yes. And so these would show up on that. So. Just one more, really, which is okay. the ticking clock. So, the ticking clock is is the movie that, like, think about any action movie, every action movie that's out there, and pretty much every movie again, and every really good marketing campaign where you know the you know if you're selling Dreamforce, is everybody signing up a year before? And yeah, your major sponsors and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I would say in the last. 30 days, it's going to sell out. You're not going to get a ticket. You're not going to get a hotel room. You're not going to get, you know, that kind of thing. So that's true. But, you know, you got to create a tick, ticking clock. You got to create a sense of urgency, right? It's got to be critical. We talked about that. Got to disrupt the day. And then you got to all of a sudden squeeze in there. Timer's ticking. We can't accept more than 10 customers right now. Or we were making these custom for 20 people. Or, you know, can you be one of the first 20? So, Ticking clock is a lot of things, but it's basically creating the urgency so people have to take action instead of just waiting till next week or next year or next quarter for the budget or whatever it might be. You got to be something that's really important. It makes so much sense. I think back to some of the favorite movies, there was always some kind of tempo moving forward. You know, the examples I start popping in my head are just going to drive making me look pretty crazy but like Willy Wonka they're traveling along eventually they get to the end but the kids are falling off the bandwagon that arrival movie with the aliens like some the Russians are going to attack or something so there's yeah. this like ticking clock and it's back and forth and there's fast or that TV show 24 which I hated Ouch. but I know a lot of people loved was like yeah. there was a clock it's like tick tick literally a clock yeah literally exactly when you went to commercial and came back tick Right. Absolutely. Do they account for the commercials in the, in the chunk? Did they, they, um, I know maybe it was just overall like this, 
wherever you're at in the plot, you're at hour 19. Right? That's exactly it. Yeah. And I, one of the things about 24 that I'm living now that I'm <laughs> in Los Angeles that I always thought was just hilariously wrong. Like it's the traffic in this city, you know, even now with half the people <laughs> on the road, you know, he's like, I'm going to Redondo beach. I'll make it to Burbank airport. I'll be there in six minutes. <laughs> right. There is no way in hell. It's going to take you an hour. That's that show should have been like the ticking clock. Him just bored in a car <laughs> trying to stop the terrorists. Like beep, beep, come on, let me through. That's how it really would have been. You could. Right. Right. So 24 wild. hours gets in the car. Five hours left. Let's solve this crime. <laughs> <laughs> you can get around like at two in the morning, maybe. You can go from right. there. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it was a great, but it was a great way to amp the stakes up. How do you do that in business? How do you do that in B2B? Keep it short and shareable. Um, how do you do that in business? How do yeah. you do that in marketing? Yeah. So the ticking clock. So, you know, again, examples would be, you know, again, this is the ticking clock is going to be a little bit a little bit lower than top of funnel. The first is, you know, I understand you. Please be aware that there's solutions out here. You know, we we are the solution that solves your problem. But then once you get down to that level, it's okay, we got to do this. It's a huge problem for you and we can help you solve it, but we got to do it now. And these are the reasons you got to kind of, they're real or they're amplified and not exactly real, but you got to come up with some sort of some techniques are, you know, we're filling up, we're going to be sold out. Um, we can only manufacture so many, or this first run is this, or, you know, we're taking, um, you know, 10 founding members or a, a thousand founding members, or, you know, be the first to do this and you get this. So it's all the lead magnet kind of stuff, you know, but you got to get in there early. And so the ticking clock is, um, you know, and also certainly could be a date, you know, like we're releasing on this date and that's when the price goes up. That's sort of the most obvious one. You know, right now we're doing the, you know, 30% discount, but on April 16th, you know, we're, we're going back to normal prices because the demand is just too high and we need it for manufacture, whatever. So mm -hmm. lots of those kind of techniques in there for the quote ticking clock. I, I think that one gets its own spot, man. That's a good one. All right. <laughs> the 11 commandments. No, you, you don't get 11. You have to kill one of the other ones. Ah. You know, it was funny when we went through it today, there was one that I felt like it was a touch repetitive, but they're all, you know, when I really get into them, they're all very different, but I'm. Well, mystery 10 was about conflict, them. right? Yeah. And, and seven was about mystery. Yeah, well, you got them. Yeah, you're doing good. So conflict and mystery, but they're different, right? So mystery is, you know, you can't give all your information at once. You sure. got to, you got to leave the pebbles. Um, so people kind of follow the path through the customer journey. And then, yeah, conflict is interesting. Create conflict. I could almost switch that for an 11 or an overriding theme. Yeah, and mystery is a kind of conflict too, right? Just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've given me something more to think about. And I, <laughs> I got to change all these infographics, my training. <laughs> Marketing team's like, Oh man, <laughs> they just, who is this Casey? They just sent you a draft of like the latest version and you're like, I've changed my mind. <laughs> oh man. Well, my next question is like, who are you? How, how do you know all these things? And, you know, take me back in time, like little more days. Did you know you're going to be an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, um, marketing savage? Was that in the cards early on? 
<laughs> no way. Um, well, I'll say, I'll say this though. I was pretty, I was just infatuated by TV, TV shows, commercials, like everything that came out that got my eyes glued. I'm like, how, I really was like, how are they doing this? I want to make these. I want to do this. But I'm this kid in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which, yeah. you know, our claim to fame then was we we had made or that we like literally like we are the Steelers, like I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and we made Dawn, Dawn, Night of the Living Dead, like as if <laughs> I had anything to do with it. That was the big movie and George Romero and all this stuff. But that was it. Like we're thousands of miles away. So it was sort of just this dream and interest. So um, I do things happen that kind of, you know, when I go back. I, uh, I, I had a, like a grass mowing quote service just to make some, some money in the summer. I'm like, you know, nice. I mean, how much per yard? Did you custom scope it or how was that? Oh yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I, I tried to be like, you know, I got burned on the first couple. I was like, you know, yeah, like, like 20 bucks like, and they're like, bucks. here's my yard. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> I thought your yard was this. No, we own this acre. That's why I said yes to your 20 bucks. Like, oh no. <laughs> I really did get burned. It was this did you like twenty bucks in gas? <laughs> oh, I it was oh it was terrible. It was so, like I the twenty bucks just went in the garbage bags, you know, right. going and buying all this. Oh God. Um, but I but I went around once I figured that out. Then it was you know like starting at twenty or something like that. Right. But um, I went through the whole neighborhood, and my mom is a real estate agent, and she had cool you know real estate uh, business nice. cards. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, I'll try to do that, and so I couldn't you know, print them out. I mean, I just wrote them. And so after a while, my hand was getting so tired because I wrote like, I think like a hundred to walk the neighborhood. And um, so, you know, first it was like, you know, um, you know, uh, lawn, lawn mowing and lawn care, you know, we like all this stuff. And then I narrowed it down. I was so tired. And my brother still reminds me of this. It became grass and other oddities. Call Mari. <laughs> <laughs> that was grass and other oddities. So I just started handing those out. And so I got a phone call. Hello. Is this, we'd like the other oddities. And I'm like, what? You said you had other oddities. All right. All right, kid. It's okay. Come on over. We're going to hire you for this. But your card was hilarious. And that's why we're calling. And so it was two things. One is, oh my gosh, what have I done? I handed out 50 yeah. cards that make no sense at all. And then, uh, and like I'm selling grass and other oddities is I guess what it looked like. And I, you know, and so um, then I was like, but humor actually works. This is kind of fun. I, I actually kind of figured something out there. Maybe you can have fun in, you know, I didn't know these terms like fun in marketing and stuff and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, Huh, this is pretty cool. So yeah. that went well. And I got more lawns to mow than I literally could handle. So I had a friend start helping me out. There you go. This is, yeah. This so, is, now like, you're Tom Sawyer. <laughs> exactly. They're painting the fence and I'm drinking the lemonade. Totally. So, <laughs> I really was never like that. I was, I was working my butt off, but that, I guess I could have been. Um, wow. And then, and then sort of fast forward, you know, so there's that, you know, it was a big recession when I came out of school and, Wait, wait, you what you went to school for business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because you're like you you had one already, so you're like I could learn more about this international business and yeah. So yeah, I was like international. So just the the sound of international business really just literally just again I was thinking of the experience right. This is yeah. so funny. So the experience to me was flying in on like a corporate jet, you know, meeting with people in, you know, in Berlin and then yeah. like, zip over to Tokyo and, you know, catch some of the sites when I have a meeting and consult and say some really important things and fly back. 
And I was going down that path. And unfortunately, this person came in who's an international business person who's actually an attorney, came in to speak with us for sort of like career day or whatever. But I have one semester to go. And I'm going through all these classes that, that truly, I, I can't say I didn't like them, but I didn't like them as much as what I really wanted to be taking. But I'm like, what, what am I going to do with communications and psychology and like was interested in sort of acting and you know that kind of stuff and um, um, you know production but I'm like I, I'll never be able to make a living if I go that route and my parents yeah, I'm paying for it and they're paying for it they you know murder you yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I, I I'll have no skill I need the skills so let me go business and so here's what happened the guy comes in and like I'm just like front row what's it like to be an international attorney what are you doing and he went through this slog. He now, he painted the picture. This experience was along the lines of, I wake up at four, I fly to London. Um, we're in meetings all day. They've scheduled another meeting for me the next day in Paris. So I see no sights. It sounds like it's great, doesn't it? But then I don't see any. There's no extra day because they've booked my schedule. So I'm on a train, I'm on a boat, I'm on a whatever, on a plane. And so I was like, but you just, you know, and he went through this whole thing, you know, question, you just named 20 cities. Did you see anything? No, no, I've seen nothing. I haven't seen, you know, whatever, London Bridge, Tower of London. I'm like, that's terrible. He, he had never seen like. He, like in passing, you know, yeah. sort of thing. But, but he'd but never like, oh man. No. And I was like, two things. One is this guy's not living the the life that I think he should be. Right. And number two, it sounds like international business sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to start off as some very, you know, underling. And what were those classes that I really liked? So I started, I took like a bunch of electives that last, I think actually I think it was last year. And, you know, I just like jumped into communication and then advertising class. I'm like, oh, this is, this is so fun. Yeah, this is great. And it sort of led to a, a sales path, right? Which is what I ended up taking because I didn't major in advertising and marketing and things like that. Right. But I just loved it. And um, so there was that. And so, you know, I went into the, you know, went into a big company and I, um, you know, I, I fought to get in. Like I was not like the greatest student. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I fought to get in. It was AT&T, you know, like corporate side. So business to business, okay. AT&T selling, uh, you know, so I was in sales. So but all these marketing things came out like, here's your territory, literally, like, here's your patch of zip codes. You're going to go sell phone systems, networking equipment, fax machine. Like, is that long ago, right? Fax machine. Yeah, right. right? They're on their way out, but we have a thousand. So you got to go sell them. And so this kind of thing. So I started putting these campaigns together. I put a, a, a band aid on a letter and I sent it out, like, you know, do you have? do you have a pain? Well, we have, you know, we can solve your boo-boo or just started yeah, just crazy cool. stuff. Just and crazy stuff. Getting these calls. Yeah. And um, I was like, that's way more marketing than sales too. That's like, that's like clever. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. And then, you know, then you get in the door and then you sell. Yeah. And, um, and I started winning, you know, frankly, like all the awards, I mean, for, for, you know, whatever, three, four five years, I was getting, you know, all those trips and, you know, this and Disneyland and Hawaii. And then it started getting better. Hawaii, West Indies. Seeing the sights. Hell yeah, marketing. Yes. Hell yeah, sales. <laughs> you should call that guy up and be like, hey, by the way, I, I think I've probably lapped you now. And <laughs> I saw you on the plane. I stayed an extra three days. Yeah. You flew out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then, um, 
you know, and so it started going really well. And then it was, then I said, let me try a really small guy. After seven years, I was the young guy, but I really was doing grew territories and all this kind of stuff. But they're like, you're going to make this much and we're going to stop you. I'm like, I, I'm starting to have friends and people out there that do make more than this barrier you've laid out. And so I started talking to some other, you know, real small, basically competitors um, of us. And I, again, fought my way in the door. Talk about being an underdog. That took me a year to get into this company. And when I got in there, I just was, I just, everything I could do. And it was yeah. literally that, like, I'll fly here. I'll go there. I'll do this kind of thing. And, um, and we exploded. We went from, you know, barely any revenue to 44 million in revenue. And then Cisco Jeez. came along and bought, oh, this is a cool story. Here's the, here's the big framing point. Cisco came along and we heard the rumor they were going to buy us for a billion dollars. Okay. So we have, uh, so we're pretty, all, you know, we're all of us are early employees. We're, we have some stock. We're oh, very nice. excited about this, you know, doing so, the math, know, calculating it out. Absolutely. Every night just, <laughs> what can I do? What can I buy? Could it be this much, this much? And um, so we, uh, we have this big meeting and it's, things are coming together and they bring in the new head of the division. Like our, our VP is going to kind of step aside. The new division will take over. And he comes in there and we're just, I mean, literally it's like, it's champagne and like, you know, big sales meeting, all these big personality folks there and the whole thing. He walks out and it's like, <laughs> he's like a shark that's about to feed, like two black eyes just staring at us looking at us like we're nothing like whoa, yeah like the dead eyes they're just they're just predator eyes there's no yeah, person exactly. behind them yeah nothing he said i got three things to say to you you're cheering yourselves on you think you did great well you did but you know what that's last year it doesn't matter now second you don't achieve and overachieve by 50 percent in this next quarter I will fire you. We're about to be purchased. If we hit certain marks, you don't go over by 50%, you're fired. Hey, you sales managers out there, you think you're okay? I'll fire you too. And he walks out, he points to a guy, come with me in the hallway. And he fired him. <laughs> and like, this was no Glenn Gary, like this was the real thing. I'm talking about like a change in that room was like the air got sucked out of it. What is happening? We have to, you know, we did everything we could to get to that point. Now we had to overdo it, overachieve. So we did it. We did get purchased. We did break the records. We did everything we could. I thought this guy was, uh, you know, I thought he was an animal. All right. Now I, yeah, I, I've not too long ago, you know, years I stayed in touch. And so I talked to him a few years ago and he actually told me this. He's like, yeah, that's the, because I told him the story. I said, you scared everybody. He's like, you know what? I had to. Because when they bought us, they wanted to get rid of all the people. They just wanted the technology. So I oh. had to light a fire. And I was told that the night before. I had a whole different speech, ready? But when they told me that, it's like, I got to save these guys' jobs. They can't know all these things. You know, how can I, how can I motivate them? He's like, and he was a bit of a badass, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he sounds it. This isn't like some softy. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's told that speech before. Little Alec Baldwin. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But like, this is the real thing. And, wow. and this is the kind of guy, he jumped on a bicycle in Boston and ended up in Los Angeles. Wow. I mean, he did, like, he biked across the country, you know, Jeez. over like six weeks. You know, so 
intense. They had to do that to inspire everyone so that they would perform so well that the company would definitely want to keep them around. Exactly. Exactly. And it worked. And um, so, and it worked for a few years actually, and then they sort of absorbed it. But so I stayed on there and I was like, that was, that's a defining moment. So I want to do my own thing. But the spot, the stock spiked and then it crashed a year and a half later. It went from 81 to four. Cisco? Yeah. This Holy is back shit. in, you know, this is so back in the day. So Cisco crashed and it's never hit those highs again. Now it's like hovers around 48 or whatever, but that's like 20 years ago. Jeez. So I was like, all right, all that, all that work, flying, we're doing all this stuff. What did it lead to? It led to millions and now nothing. I had nothing. In fact, I owed more in taxes than I had. I was like, I was the luckiest guy for, you know, nine months. And then I just was gone. So that sucked. And I was like, all right, time to rebuild. What did I want to do? What did I want to do 15 years ago? Yeah. My company is going to be OGP. Only good people need apply. You got to have passion. You got to like what you're doing. You got to really be creative. Again, that's the skills that we need here now, right? And we're going to have fun doing this stuff. We're going to create cool things with good people. Yeah. That's my thing. I don't want to have that speech. I don't want to tell anybody I'm about to fire you. I want to go the other route. So OGP, yeah. really good people. And then, you know, and then, you know, thing led to another, like, I'm going to, you know, I, I did, you know, produce the two movies. I did stand up comedy. I acted in some things like these sort of dream shows. Somehow I got my way onto Entourage, which was this show like 10 years Wait, ago. Wait, you've been on Entourage? I was on Entourage. <laughs> yeah. No shit. What, was, what, uh, uh, was, what episode? What season? What episode? It was, I've got the name of the episode. It was, um, <laughs> it was when it was still good. <laughs> it's like season two or three. I was, I was just a press guy. I was asking Vince some questions, you know? And um, it was uh, right near the Aquaman release. I remember now the storyline. Remember he was going to be Aquaman and um, well before Jason Momoa and the the real movie was made. So, um, you know, we're at like some theme park and I'm asking some questions. And then actually I'm the the same size as Kevin Conley. So they had me come back and I was his stand-in for a couple of weeks. I see that. (laughs) Some, Some on the set of these like mega mansion where they, they lived and they filmed, sorry, the, the characters live, but they just rent this huge house out and they filmed there, like it was their house. So I went up there for a couple of weeks and I was like, this is awesome. This is really amazing. And um, so I did that. And then, you know, I ended up realizing, I don't, you know, when you're an actor, it's the turning on and off of those emotions. And it's, you're, you're very much a, again, I don't want to belittle it because it's very hard. I thought I'd be great. I was not great at all. But you got it. Like the difference? you thought you'd be great. Like what? What were you not great at? What was the so, the, the so a couple of things? One is like having the same amount, same level of heavy emotion, whatever it might be, exuberance, happy, serious, solemn, crying, you know that kind of thing. I can I could I could do most of that. Not not at the level a lot of these folks, but to do it 20, 40, 60 times in a day, I wasn't able uh, to do multiple it. takes. They're doing, they're doing the over the shoulder take. They're doing like this when that person's talking, right? I got to do it for them. And then I come back and then here, and then there's the wide, and then there's the side. There's three or six angles they take. So you're doing the same thing again and again and again. I don't know if people realize that. No, I didn't realize that. I was kind of hoping you'd have like three cameras going at once so that you could like, you know, that's what I always efficient. (laughs) That's what I always wanted. I really did. But the lighting is so precise right? It's got to be perfect. So they move all the lights that way. 
And then, you know, the other angle, you don't want a camera lens showing up like, because now this one's pointing right. at you kind of thing. Right. And the lighting would be bad for that one if you if you set everything to be good for this one. So you really can't do more than one at the same time. Exactly. And they, that's why they have the little guy looking through the little thing like, oh, what does it look like? Only in that one shot. Wow. So they got to do that. Even if it's successful. Even if you if you nail it, third take, you got a bunch more camera angles to, yeah. to do for all those scenes. Wow. And so the, the, the good example, there's a movie out now is probably going to win some awards, The Trial of the Chicago 7. It's a court, okay. basically a courtroom movie, you know, like, you know, uh, Ali G, Sasha Baron Cohen and like, you know, all these. Oh, just okay. So, but I'll, I'll check that one out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And, um, but, you know, but what I was going to get to is these courtroom scenes, they are 80 takes, the takes meaning like the same set of dialogue 80 times. You know, you want, you know, you want to get it. So they do like, you know, four or five times for this guy. And then it's four or five for this one. And then for her, she has this spot. So we're going to get her. And then we have her and then them. And then it's this. And then you have this side of the room. And then you have this side of the room. Then you have the judge. Jeez. Then you have the, the audience, like give all these angles, like, oh my gosh, those courtroom scenes are. Anyway, so I was in one of those courtroom movies, like, I don't know if this is for me, but I could do what that guy's doing. I think I just have to learn how do I put together the project and how maybe I can direct it and you know that kind of thing. So that's when I sort of moved. Uh, let me see if I can make some things. And I made some short form things after two feature films, and I contacted the folks on the feature film. And I was like, "What are you guys doing? You know, what, what's your next project?" And here was the answer for most people. Ready? Yeah. I don't have anything. Why? What do you got going on? I was like, "Whoa, whoa! You just were director of photography for this. You." He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corporate stuff is great. Commercials are awesome. I was like, I can do that. I, I came from that world. Maybe I can contact some of my old folks. We can do some commercials or even I was like, let me do web commercials because commercials are these million, $2 million things that are owned right. by a few agencies. But this is, you know, 10, 12 years ago. I was like, I think I know the web is going to take off. So we just need more speed and video is going to take off. So let me put myself right there. And so we started shooting and doing commercials and kind of, uh, you know, explainer videos, what became explainer videos, that kind of thing, the corporate video. And I was like, let me try animation because I had a bunch of, I had a year where this actor showed up not knowing their lines. This, you know, this one came in with a, you know, like some trying some new weird accent that was not like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> I was like, this isn't what we auditioned you for and that kind of thing. But, oh no, I created this thing. Like, I'm going to try some animation. Maybe I can just, Animation. Yeah, get rid of the actors <laughs> yeah. and that took off and so wow. we doing like the next year we did a hundred you know and um so that's that was kind of the the start of okay great now i can get good people doing creative stuff cool things and then help these companies that have a real pain which is they're sitting there talking about bits and bytes and speeds and feeds and the size of their chip or whatever and i can help them tell a real story so we started wow. doing that. And then, you know, that's, that's a very abbreviated path of 30 years, but that's where, that's how it went. Man, man. And that sounds like way more fun though. It's cool that you were in oceans 13, you know, but yeah. uh, it sounds like you had a lot more fun being the creator as opposed to being just one of the pastels in the painting, you know? Oh, that's a nice way. Dude, I love that pastels in the painting. Absolutely. And the, and then the other thing is these movies, even oceans 13 and, and any of those large ones, or even longer, but even for the smaller films that I produce, I mean, they're four, three to five year 
chunks of your life. Wow. People don't realize like, oh, I just raised $10 million and we're going to go shoot the movie and then release it. Everything is a struggle. <laughs> you know, you get to the raising the money, then getting the, the actors that you can yeah. possibly afford to get them in. So you're selling, you're selling, you're selling, putting this thing together. Then the six or eight weeks you film is, ooh, it's long, 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 long days. I mean, it's like I said, and it's very repetitive, which you don't realize until you're there. And then you have probably six months or a year of editing it to make it good while you're selling it to distribution and different you know, media channels to get this thing out there. We, ours were on HBO and Showtime and in theaters, but everything is, is, is frankly marketing and sales. So that's why I was like, I'm doing all that, but I have one thing to show after four years. Maybe I can go for the, you know, 30 second to two minute variation. And now we make multiple, you know, and it's, and it's so fun. It's a different story every week that we're creating. And now I see, now I see why core matters so much repurposing content because it takes so much to put into one of those, make a 30 second, make, you already, you already have the sunk cost of all the creation of it. So it really makes sense for some of the more expensive media to repurpose the shit out of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Killer. Killer. Uh, And then, you know, you tell your kids all that and they're like, Dad, you were an entourage. You're like, oh God, you're not listening to anything I've just been That's saying. That's what you got out of that. <laughs> Is that what you got out of this? <laughs> Man. Um, well, I, I have a hypothetical question for you. Yeah. Um, I may or may not have a time machine in Nashua, New Hampshire. Here on that. It, it, let's be fair. It's in the backyard. It's covered with a tarp. All right, so, Doc Brown. All right. Basically. <laughs> Marty. Marty. So uh uh, it's covered in a tarp, you know, COVID's over. We brush the acorns off, get the squirrels out of there. We clean it off. You get to use it. Come visit. We'll have some lobster. It'd be fun. And oh my gosh, that'd be machine. amazing. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, the whole experience and there's urgency yeah. and then we'll use the 10 commandments. Um, <laughs> now you use this time machine. It goes back in time to a particular point in time. You actually get to go see yourself four or five days after you graduated with an undergrad, you got that international business. And all the electives you were you're Jones and for, you just graduated a couple of days later. In case you had a party, and okay, <laughs> you get to see yourself and meet yourself. And unlike Back to the Future, you get to talk to yourself. What kind of advice would you tell yourself, little Maury, back then? What would you tell yourself, you based on what you've seen and heard and experienced? So. Man, that's a really good one. Like I do, you painted that picture in a way that started getting my mind to, 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 to really create some things. So first I'd say, go buy Google stock, like period. Amen. Yeah. All right. So go, go do that, dude. I don't care what you, 200 bucks, fine. Um, and then me of 2021 will be very happy. That you did. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think the thing would be, and I, when I really think about this, it's, I guess it's a couple of things. One is I have a tendency to, to chase the shiny thing, right? I would really tell myself to focus and you do you, you be you. Like don't chase other things, other people, that kind of thing. Cause there are a period of years there, you know, I kind of had the, you know, model emulate, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's totally fine. Find people that are successful and learn from them and that kind of thing. But you know, like do it my way. I was sort of trying to fit into a different mold, be super corporate. I was always sort of the youngest one. 
and I felt like disadvantaged. So I'd wear the glasses and like a more expensive suit than I could afford and, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, like just, just again, this stuff about the underdog, you know, like just be you people, you know, will like you if you're out there solving problems. So I think the, the end, then there was that you be you and then focus. There were so many, and I'm serious, like inventions and and software and companies and things that I created and sort of handed to somebody else. Cause I love seeing the trends and what's coming next. And I've been too early in some cases or just didn't have the time. So it's like, Oh, I, so I've tried this, tried this and it never gets that far. It would really be just focus, pick the thing that solves a problem that I like solve a problem for people. You know, there's a real need, there's a real hole there, solve the problem and then dig in. And when I think about the, the successful areas of my career, the real, the most successful was like, I was the subject matter expert. I mean, I knew everything about the stuff and people would come to me and, you know, ask me the question, who did this? What did, what happened here? What com- competition? I knew it all. So I, so I was not just, not just knowing it all and being a textbook, but could tell the decent story about it. So I think I would have started earlier. I would have done all the things that I did, but I could have, would have, I, I uh, would prefer to start this phase a little earlier. Yeah. to create for other people, you know, do these things. It was always in there. I just sort of had to put a structure around it. So I just needed to focus on it. Um, yeah. Is that, is that an answer that makes sense? Hell yeah, man. It's a, it's that, that period of time when you're like lost in the desert, we're all kind of trying to find ourselves. And, and once you do, and it starts to really like the gears all click, you know, yeah. it's like, it's time. And it just wasn't time yet to start the thing. You know, so you did all that sales. You just really, pushed but then eventually it was like it is the right time i remember i had a really shitty interview one time with this it wasn't he was kind of like the shark but actually like that that was his soul i don't know but he you know i I went to an interview in person because i thought i've been flown to an interview right it's one time it ever happened i thought wow like i've made it i'm being flown to an interview in new york city you know and met the guy in a boutique hotel I don't even know the name of it because I assumed I was never going to stay there. <laughs> so I don't know. Full of a bunch of rich people that own businesses. Right. And, um, and he, you know, he was pretty late about 15 minutes or so, but I was, I was there early. I was like 30, 15 minutes early. So I was just ready to go. Yeah. We sat in a hotel bar and then throughout this interview, which was intense, his friends kept trickling in to the hotel and into the bar and they're at another table. He's like, Oh, Hey, good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be with you in like 10 minutes. I'll be right there. Right. And so what I thought was I'm really important was no, no, no. He's really important. I'm just a blip on his radar. Right. Yeah. And, and it was like, Oh, what is this? And so after, and, and, you know, constantly, and he was, he was planning dinner with his friends for afterward and me being naive. I thought, Oh, he's going to invite me to dinner. Right. No, 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 no. It's not that kind of a company. Um, and so after that interview, I was pissed. I called my wife. I called my dad. I was like, I don't want to be a blip on someone's radar. I want to be the radar, you know? And, and I was like, if they don't hire me, I'm going to start a company. Of course they hired me though, but it just wasn't the right time. (laughs) But I was, I was, was, you know, but like, yeah, like it, you had that period of time where you're, you were succeeding. It just wasn't the area you're going to end up in. Yeah. 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 And, but then, but the lessons there were fantastic. I mean, I am happy about the lessons that I had there and that I learned and that kind of thing. So, um, but it wouldn't happen, you know, again, it's kind of like it, it wouldn't happen unless I had really focused 
And that's the thing that kind of slides away. You yeah. know, like this sounds good. That sounds good. When I focus, man, I get some things done. It's, it's like a, I think it's John Lee Dumas. He's a, he's a podcast guy and has a really good one, but it's uh, I think his, his acronym for focus is uh, um, ah, follow one course until successful. Got it. Follow one course until successful. And I like that a lot. I learned that far later, you know, I mean like probably in the last year, but focus has always been the thing. So wow. sorry to bring up your competition or whatever, but no, 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 no. Acronym. Oh, no, that's fine. What that, um, no, you know, I like me an acronym. <laughs> no, no, no. I like your acronyms. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting kind of addicted to them. This is great, but no, this, uh, John Lee. So his last name is Dumas. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like the commercial where the guy says like, Oh, Mr. Dumbass, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to interview for a job at your company, think, Mr. Dumbass. I, I, I think it happens to be one. The guy's S, like, that's but... Mr. Dumas. Okay. <laughs> John, that's a great one though. Follow one course until successful. Until successful. Yeah. 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 Focus and intention is just so powerful, right? Especially when yeah. you're coming up with ideas and you could follow all of them or, or none of them um, to, to pick you be... and go. Yeah. And that's it. Otherwise you're in, you know, you know, analysis paralysis and that kind of thing. You know, you can just keep following all these different paths. I mean, but now I've sort of, you know, I think now I've learned how to channel it. So I've got literally a folder called sandbox. So I, I come up with ideas. I come up with, and I want to keep on doing that. That's cool. but I throw them in the sandbox and once a quarter or so I'll go back in. Do I have time to execute on one of these? And then, you know, and frankly, like one of them now is the video bot. So you've mentioned CMO, the video bot. That was yeah. a, sort of passion finding a need in my, with my customers, like they come to us for like the big marquee pieces, but they need to be able to make videos and they need to disrupt and stand out. And there's, I mean, you know, 97% of the companies that get in touch with us, you know, over the years, they can't afford until yeah. even recently can't afford to work with us. So I was like, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. So I finally focused on that, created this thing. They can go in, they can make their own video in like 30 seconds boom, video pops out. They're ready to roll. They got an explainer video. They got a sales video. They got a whatever. So it's, um, so that thing's live and that came out of, what's the address for that? How do I video bot? Oh, the, the video bot. Thanks. The, the video bot.com. And so it takes a lot of what we've been talking about and I threw it into some software and then you can go in and just type up a message like you could, what's really cool is they're interactive videos. So people can click on hotspots in them and they're, they're personalized because you're making them. So I, what we did is you can create one for Bob, one for Janet, one for June, one for Sally in seconds. Wow. So they get a personalized video instead of like one video for everybody to look at. I can go in there and make one for each particular person. And how does that not disrupt their day? They just heard and saw their name, maybe their, their photograph as well, like a Facebook profile, pop up or their website, pop up in a video. They're like, they just spent $10,000 just to reach out and get in touch with me. I will talk to these folks. So like the, the engagement rates are huge with this software. And, um, you know, the, the, the cool thing is it's 20 bucks a month. It's not, <laughs> it's not 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you know what? We're gonna have to have you even have you come back and just talk video for a couple hours because <laughs> okay. that topic alone is just there's something about video that really it's, grabs it, people. Yeah, it's engaging. Nobody's reading yeah. it or I mean it's 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 everything has to be visual. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be 
you know, a full length, you know, like movie or, you know, that kind of thing or $50,000 corporate video, but it's got to be visual and you've got to make things move. So your video is massively engaging. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Where, where are some of the places people can contact you? We've got the videobot.com. What are the other URLs um, and what social platforms should people reach out and Thanks. connect with you on? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. LinkedIn is the best. I'm really, okay. I'm really up to speed on LinkedIn. Just kind of focused there. So it's, you know, it's Mari Rogo at LinkedIn or Rip Media Group. Um, that's a really good one. And then, you know, Rip Media Group is sort of the hub, you know, for all, all things, you know, video and visual and storytelling. But the two offshoots are the video bot, you know, the videobot.com. So you can make your own video. And then I have a course that you can get to from either of those, but it's really cool. It's called Lights Camera Sales. So lightscamerasales.com brings you to a page where you can take a course in a lot of what we talked about today, because we talked for like an hour and a half. Yeah. So we covered some things, but but it really is like these are the things that I hire for. These are the things I need people to come in. And so we end up training people. This is how you direct and produce. And then we take our customers through this, you know, a thousand of them, right? So over the years, and I was like, let me just put that out there. Let me just put a course out there. This is how you create a great story and how you create a great video. So it's like the, literally like the the Mecca, the top of here's how you produce and direct and create great explainer videos or corporate videos or culture videos. It's all right there in a, in a, in a course. Yeah. So that one's lights, camera sales. Wow. I'm, I'm stoked. I, I'm looking at the site right now. Um, and the course sounds awesome. Uh, so if, I'll have to get a link from you. I, we'll put it in the show notes. People can kind of link right through to it. There's this thing on, on the video bot where it says, you know, 20 seconds, you convert this. And one button says, make a video now. The other button says, no, I don't want to be awesome. <laughs> Love that. And you Thank know, if you. you click the, I don't want to be awesome, you go, nowhere (laughs) which is a great metaphor for everything um dude this has been awesome so much fun i mean literally the time is like warped by um and agree yeah thank you for coming on here and just hanging out with me this is great i dude i feel like we're just sitting down just 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 bsing over a a beer or a drink this has been fantastic yeah you would think but even on my end man i've been learning a bunch i literally have two pages of notes over here i ran out of room so i'm like I'm writing like hieroglyphs on this thing uh, <laughs> to try to like make room for it. But this has been legit. So thank you again for coming out here, teaching me all these things, the 10 commandments, the epic the storytelling. It's great to, you know, it's great to finally meet someone from motions 13 and entourage. <laughs> That's been a, it's been a long time coming for you. You wanted to do that. Long time coming. I met someone famous for the first time, time, all the travels. Um, and yeah, definitely stay in touch, man. This has, this has been great. Great. I would love to. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, for everyone listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.